T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Confident. Confident in our team. Confident in our coaches. Confident in our players. Confident in our staff. Doesn't mean we don't have work to do. Doesn't mean we don't have a gap to close. And there's different things that make up that gap. Bill's head coach Sean McDermott earlier this week. He will join us. A, right after 11.30, so we're looking around 11.40 a.m. today. He'll give us an injury update. Now, the difference today will be he, he's not going to rule anybody in or out necessarily for for Monday night. Doesn't have to do that. The official final injury designation for games, the mm-hmm. game designation injury report, excuse me, doesn't come out until tomorrow because it's a Monday night game. So, But he can. Uh, we'll ask him about who's you know practicing today and maybe get any uh, clue from that and look ahead to the game against the Denver Broncos. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Here on WGR. Before we wrap up, before we get to like Three Dog Thursday, which will be on a Friday this week, um, just want to revisit. We've been talking about this McDavid and uh, Edmonton Oilers thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's the way to go, Joe. Drysidle, right? Maybe it's not McDavid. Maybe maybe you get Drysidle out of Edmonton. Wouldn't yeah. cost you as much. That could happen. Wow. I was thinking about a guy like Zach Hyman. I didn't realize he was thirty-one already. By the way, yeah. uh, I like Zach Hyman. Noted Bills fan, by the way. Um, but I'm looking. He's his contract. It's it's doable, but he's still in a contract five more years. He's 31, so not not necessarily a need there. Uh, but Drysaddle's the guy that maybe maybe that's where the focus should be for for teams or you know going forward here. Yeah, I mean he will he'll be cheaper, but I mean he'll be he'll be <laughs> he'll be the best player. Let, let's put it this way: if McDavid, if I told you McDavid wasn't going to get traded, but Drysaddle was, Drysaddle would be the best player traded maybe since Gretzky. Ooh, that might be okay, right. Let's see about that. Would it? He's yeah, he's top maybe. three in scoring every single year, and I'm sure that's helped mm-hmm. by McDavid. But I I think he would. I mean, it's Malkin, right? He would be a top five, top ten player in the league. I think even apart from from McDavid. I mean, he doesn't play with McDavid, right? He's on the second line. Um, but yeah, like I, it would be like if Malkin got traded ten years ago. Um, I'm thinking. Hold on, this is a good question. Patrick Wah, though, maybe. Mm. Yeah, that might that might be right. That might be pretty good for that. I mean, he had Lindros traded a couple times, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, there was a, yeah. there's been some guys. There's been some pretty heavy trades. Pretty big. Yeah, you might you know he, names. He'd be in the conversation, but you're you're right. Maybe he wouldn't be number one, but he would he would certainly be in the conversation. I, right? I yeah, think he'd he's be above Eichel. He, he he's above Eichel. Yeah, that's right. By the way, they're really good right now. Yeah, has Vegas even lost yet? <laughs> them in them in Boston. 
I mean, Ve- oh Vegas is, you know. I can't deal with it. They won the I cup. I can't deal with it. We, we should never doubt Boston again. I mean, they I, I've convinced myself because they have the worst. They have they, I can't say it anymore because their centers are actually performing. But on paper going into the year, they had a horrible center group. And they they've just they figured it out. Like they don't need it, I guess. Like the goalies are great, and the blue line is great, and the wingers are great. So, yeah, Charlie Coyle, twelve points in thirteen games. Just okay, sure. That guy who's never had more than he's never had more than what fifty points in a season. He's gonna go have eighty this year. He had a hat trick last night. Okay, well that that might be why he's up to twelve now. But right there, you go. Why are they so good again? I, I don't. I didn't. We none of us. I mean, come on. We talked all summer. Like, yeah. oh my god, this team's in for a look at the regression. Look at the centers you talked about. Um, the goalie, the goaltending can't sustain what they did last year. And here they are again. They lose Patrice Bergeron. He retires. Like, wh- here they are again, Joe. Well, I mean, they have. I mean, they do have two things going for them. They they have a few things going for them. They they can overcome their lack of center talent because they just got a system. That combined with their great blue line and they've really strong defensemen, they just smother you in the offensive zone. They don't give you quality scoring chances. And their goaltending, like, as much as I thought too, like they can't sustain it, they're sustaining it. They're number one in the league in save percentage, a nine thirty eight between those two. They've given up how many goals have they given up? They've given up twenty five goals in thirteen games. They're giving up less than two goals a game. So Swayman and Allmark are right back to being incredible. And their wingers are elite. I mean, Pasternak has been unbelievable. Marshawn is a point of game. So, I mean, those are really the top two. But I, I guess that's kind of how they overcome. That's how they're good. They can overcome their weakness at center because they are great at everything else. Sabres wild tonight. It's Hockey Fights Cancer tonight down at the arena. Uh, always a great night to be a part of the festivities and obviously honor people and remember people uh, who are battling cancer, those we've lost as well. So if you're heading down to the arena tonight, uh, it is a 7 p.m. Correct me, I just want to make sure it is 7 p.m. puck drop tonight, right, guys? 7 p.m. Yes. tonight? Yep. Uh, Josh, okay, so 7 p.m. tonight. I know sometimes on uh, these weekend games they can be a little different. Just want to make sure on that. So And then that means we'll have 6 p.m. pregame here on WGR. It is a Buffalo football Friday. I will be joining Bulldog today at uh, 4 p.m. on a Buffalo Football Friday. We'll do a little little roundtable this afternoon, as usual. And our Football Friday is presented by Topps Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Uh, what did you have for sneaky starts and sits? Like anything that? Did you have anything last night? Because I, he, our guy Dante Foreman, right? Remember, I picked him up, and you guys kind of made fun of me way back in the uh, Guillotine League. It actually worked out, and then he didn't do much. I'm actually playing against him this week, and I thought it was okay. And then I'm watching. I'm doing the high school game last night, and then I look at the score. I'm like, oh, my God, Foreman scored. Foreman had 17 points last night. Yeah, I did not have anyone from last night's game on uh, starts and sits. I would have been avoiding pretty much all of it. Foreman, you would have been great. Um, I think, when did we find out? Khalil Herbert was activated off IR but didn't play last night. So I didn't. I don't. I don't think we knew about his status um, yesterday morning. Maybe we did. So I. St- I stayed away from it. I mean, the over under was super low, and how can you possibly trust anything on the Panthers' offense right now? Like Chuba Hubbard's been kind of taking over as a starting running back. Even him, he had like five points last night. Um, I guess I could have put some of them in my sits, but uh, starts and sits yesterday. I had Russell Wilson in my starts. And that was a combination Ooh. of all of the Bills' injuries in the mm. secondary. The fact they've been getting picked apart a little bit in the, in, in the passing game. Also, that the Bills' run defense really showed up last week. 
I mean, they held the Bengals to under three yards of carry. Linvel Joseph mm-hmm. looked good. So I wonder if they're going to start to bounce back in terms of their interior defense. And Dodson actually has been, you know, following some of the cover one guys and PFF also. Dodson is grading incredibly well in run defense. Like, he, he can be exposed right. in the pass game, but he's been one of the best, at least by pro football focus, like their run defense grades, he's been one of the best run-stopping linebackers all season. So, all, all that to and me I would is, say I think too, Denver might have to pass more, which is why I like starting Russell Wilson. Right, so two points here. Number one on Dotson. I actually even thought, like, when he got moved to Mike linebacker last week and they had Dorian Williams at will, I thought it went pretty well. You know what I mean? Like, he's at yeah. will when Terrell Bernard's at Mike, the Will linebacker typically is your more like sideline to sideline athletic guy. Yeah, your Mike linebacker could be like that. Bernard is. But, you know, think of Matt Milano. Will linebacker's got to play a little bit more in space. And that's not really Tyrell Dotson's game. When he got moved to Mike and Dorian Williams played well, I actually thought that went pretty well for them. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't want to do that through 17 games necessarily or the, re- the remaining eight games you want Terrell Bernard back. We'll see about that. But, yeah, I didn't think it was a, a bad thing. And, yes, I... I've always said the same thing about Tyrell Dotson, and yeah, he can have a game here, a game there, where you're like, oh my gosh, but in the run game, he's he's a good player in the run game, and he knows what to do, he's smart, and he's tough. He just doesn't have the athleticism to be a cover linebacker, and that's where you get hurt when he's on the field, and the, the Bengals really attacked right there. Mm-hmm. They, they, they attacked yep. him, and they attacked their linebacker level you know, on those passes, so that's definitely something. Um, the other part about Wilson, I mean, it's not a bad idea to start also if like if the Bills do show up and their offense starts to get going, yeah, the game script will be Denver's got to have to throw the ball in the second half. Yes, yes, um, and I can I can see that even though we're you know a little worried about their offense and you know we've been picking it apart consistently here. Denver's defense for the season has not been great. They've been better lately. You know, two of the last three games they played the Chiefs and held them within twenty points both times. Um, so they're looking better and they're also healthier. We had a Cody Rourke on from Mile High Sports on at 9 o'clock, and he told us that this is the first time all year, and he's like, it might be the first time in NFL history, that Week 10, all 53 guys on the roster practiced in full. So they are healthy, and they did not start yeah. the year healthy on defense. So all, all to say, I, I think their defense is playing better. It's still not like a great unit. I don't think it's an elite unit. Like The Bills can get their points against even a healthy Denver defense. So, yeah, that's added to it. And really the big biggest point was, so there are so many backup quarterbacks playing in the league. And you've got like Mahomes on by this week. You've got Tua on by this week. That combined with like mm-hmm. Heineke is playing and Minshew is playing and Levis and Dobbs, who knows? I mean, you could get to playing him, but I don't know what he'll look like in his you know first full week of preparation in that offense. And Aiden O'Connell and DeVito. Like, I, Wilson <laughs> has been better this year. You've got guys on by. He's got a decent matchup, I think, and again, look around the league at how many backups are playing. The game last night had a major impact at the top of the draft order by beating Carolina, okay, the the, the Bears here. Mm-hmm. You could say, well, it'd be better to lose if you're trying to get the best draft pick, and you know, the players aren't, of course, we know that, we've talked about this. They go into the game last night at 2-7, and seven, the Bears do. If they lose, they're two and eight, and you're like, okay, they might have inside track to number one. Actually, by beating Carolina, they gave themselves a better chance at the number one pick because they own Carolina's pick, and Carolina's now one and eight, Joe. Yeah, it's it's pretty like they really they won last night, no matter what. I mean, you'd rather 
Right. At that point, like if, if you're going to benefit from the draft order, no matter what happens, you might as well want to win the football game, <laughs> um, which is what they did. Yeah, they that trade is going to look like the worst oh trade ever. I mean, that, that pick, they're 1-8. and eight. And, like, so you were on this with Bryce Young before the season more than I, I – I thought there was no problem with drafting Bryce Young, but I guess now that you look closer at it, like, yeah, wh- why did he get drafted there? Just because he put up big numbers at Alabama? Like, I'm watching him last night and thinking to myself, like, what is he supposed to be good at? Like, he's super right. small. He's not even that athletic to extend plays and run around. He doesn't have yep. a big arm. He connected on a 45-yard pass last week or yesterday, but I saw that was the first pass – that traveled more than 35 yards in the air that he's completed all season. So he's not extending plays down the field. Like I, If you're Carolina, you pass on C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, which already looks terrible. You're, you might cost yourself the, the first overall pick or the second overall pick in a great quarterback class. You gave up D.J. Moore. You gave up a, a top 10 overall tackle to make that trade. You gave up two additional second-round picks, and you've got a quarterback where I'm watching him and saying, yeah, I don't really know that he's good at anything. Right now, if the if the season ended now, which it doesn't, right now, can you guess, Joe, out of the top, if, if the season ended now and you look at the draft order, mm-hmm. I'm going to go eight deep here. Out of the top eight teams, don't look at the draft order, okay. I don't need to guess. Out of the top eight teams that would currently be drafting, one through eight, how many are in the AFC? Okay. Uh, New England is definitely going to be in there. Um, so that's one, I'll say, are the Raiders down there? I'll, I'll guess like, f- no, not four. How about three? Three are in the top eight. One, New England. It's only New England? Wow. Every other team in the top eight of the current NFL draft order for 2024 is an NFC team. Okay. Now, that's good. That's good. Bad and good. It's good because, right, it, if you're going to talk quarterbacks and these young quarterbacks, we have enough in the AFC to deal with, yes, right? Put them yes. in the NFC. Yes. Put them in the NFC. Absolutely. So, absolutely. It also, however, is bad because it just shows how much better the AFC is than the NFC right now and how tough it is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, by, the, by the way, on that, it's amazing, right? Like, last year's quarterback class... You you have three in the top four, and of the top three of those top three quarterbacks, the two that look really good are in the AFC, and the one that looks terrible got picked by the NFC team. Great, thanks Carolina, um, for, right for sticking right. CJ Stroud in the NFC in the AFC and yeah. or Anthony Richardson. Um, yeah, that's that's good, and it's bad because New England two wins like. I'm getting a little nervous. Like I'm 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 I don't want to watch them anymore. Well, I said this earlier because. I don't want to see them win. Like it's funny, it's amazing. I love seeing Belichick lose and be embarrassed. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know what are they fourth now? They would pick fourth. Like I'm starting to get a little worried that they're uh, going to get high enough no. for one of these top quarterbacks. Yes, fourth. You're right, fourth. Yes. So well, so let me just run through it for everybody. Carolina has the number one pick, but that would go to Chicago, two NFC teams. Number two would be Arizona. Number three, the Giants, all NFC. Then you go AFC with New England, and then the Bears, the Rams, the Packers, and the Bucks. Round out the top eight. Yeah, and we we actually we did go through this a little bit earlier. Um, me and Jeremy said like we both think the Giants are going to end up number one. I mean, they are going. J- Daniel Jones is out for the season, and Tyrod mm-hmm. made a comment yesterday. He got asked about his rib injury, and he his the way he said it was, "I don't think it's season ending." So that doesn't sound like he's back anytime mm. soon. If you don't even know, you don't think it's season ending, and who knows? I mean, they might really embrace the tank here. Um, 
Like they played the Cowboys this week. I mean, good luck. They lost to that team by 40 in week one with the starting quarterback. And DeVito does not look like he is capable of playing in the league. Uh, not no. to me. They lost 30-6 to six to Aiden O'Connell. I mean, how I is, mean, how Matt is that? Matt Barkley could wind up playing games for them now. I actually, I was, it's funny you just said that. I've been fighting with, in one group chat with a friend of mine who's a Giants fan today, about yeah. how he's like, Micah Parsons is going to break DeVito in half this week. I'm like, if you're tanking, I don't think you want that because I'm not kidding you. I think Matt Barkley could go in there and try to sling it and actually win. He might be able to <laughs> steal a game right. or two versus DeVito, I, who doesn't look like he could play in the league. I don't disagree. He did that for the Bills the one year in 2018. He literally came in on like a week and a half prep yeah. and he went to the Jets and they scored 40 something points. Yeah. Josh's T- rookie year. I could see right? him. I could totally see him being a tank buster. I love it. All right, well, listen, I actually have some good news for you on everything you talked about. I'll get to that in a second. Let me tell you, first of all, what happened last week on Three Dog Thursday. I, I had been this this horrible run. I had two 0-3s and a 1-2 and last week. Turned it around a bit, but man, Joe, I'm really mad. I took, remember last week I said, I'm going to start it off right, right on Thursday night, and I'm going to take the Titans plus three. Joe, they had it the whole game. They lost by four. Okay. To the Steelers. <laughs> that's tough. Thursday night. That, remember? Like, yeah, they were winning the whole tough. game. That is tough. So I, that's the one game I lost. I did have two winners, though. I had the Vikings plus four and a half in that wild game. They win on the field at the Atlanta Falcons, 31 to 28, thanks to Josh Dobbs. And how about this one, though? Just I got redeemed a little bit, though, because of the uh, Thursday night game. Joe, I had the Buccaneers plus three. The game against C.J. Stroud, they lost by two. I'm a winner. 39-37. Wow. 39-37. That was... That, yeah, that part was of it is they didn't have a kicker. They didn't have a kicker. Yes, right. It, it, because of not having a kicker, I could have lost. I could have made the two-point conversion, but they didn't. So, you know, because of the way they had to shake it out there. So I went 2-1 and one last week. Joe, that puts me back even. 13-13 and 13 overall in the season. Let's get to week number 10, Three Dog Thursday on a Friday. That I really like this week, but I had to narrow it down. I'm going to start with the game that's going to start us off on Sunday. This is the good news for you, Joe. I think the Patriots are going to win. They're going to beat the Colts in Germany. All right. So, and the Patriots, by the way, are getting two points in this game. Colts are four and five. Patriots two and seven. I mean, this is not a great game aesthetically. These are not two. These are two bad teams. But I think right now I trust the Patriots here to go to Germany with Bill Belichick to be a little more buttoned up. And honestly. Like, you look at the Colts defense, it's bad. Uh, the Colts defense this year, the last three, now, last week it was against the Panthers, but before that they gave up 38, 39, 37, three games in a row giving up at least 37 points. Not that the Patriots offense is great. Now they're a little bit banged up too, but I don't think Mac Jones has played horribly. I think that they're letting him down, basically, Mac Jones. And here's the stat, though, I think that's really going to come into play. The last three weeks, the Indianapolis rush defense, over four and a half yards of carry each game. They give up 150, 161, 138. They're also, their defense is giving up the fourth most points in the NFL at 26.9. I think that the, the Patriots could score a little bit here. And because of that, um, I, and I don't think that Indianapolis is going to have a great time scoring on New England's defense, which is still pretty good. So I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm getting two points in Germany. Veteran head coach here, um, you know, against a, a, a first-year head coach. So I'm going to go with the New England Patriots plus two in Germany over the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to go to a division game here. Now, I understand that the Baltimore Ravens may be playing the best football in the NFL right now. I totally get that. I respect that. 
But the Browns and the Ravens together here have the number one and number three defenses as far as scoring in the league. All right, the Ravens have the number one scoring defense. The Browns have the number three scoring defense. It's a division game. Yes, they did play early in the year. And yes, the Ravens beat the Browns pretty handily. But this is a division game. The Browns, it's a, it's a big game for them. They can't allow the Ravens to get any more separation. The Ravens have been feeling really good about themselves. They've kind of feasted, though, a little bit lately on some you know quarterbacks that are, eh, if not great. And I'm not going to say, you know, Geno Smith, he's been okay. And then they played, who they play against the Cardinals? Josh Dobbs? Yeah, they played against Jared Goff. Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett. Like, they just have not played great quarterbacks. So um, I think now, Deshaun Watson, we saw a little glimpse last week. They can run the ball a little bit here. You know, these are two teams that can run the ball. You know what I like to say about that? I think it's gonna, you're going to have good defense and run the ball. It's going to be a lower-scoring game. So I'd probably go maybe under the total. But I like the Browns plus 6.5, Joe, by the way. It's 6.5 here. I think it's too big of a spread in this game. The Bravens, I think, are going to win the game. Maybe the Browns can win it. Probably a three, four-point game. I'll take the six and a half. And then finally, my last game. Boy, this is a really good game on the schedule, actually. Niners at Jags. The Jags are actually uh, getting three points at home. I think this is a really good game, a really close game. I could see the Niners winning it. But can you really trust the San Francisco 49ers right now? Their last three games, they scored exactly 17 points in each game. They've lost each of those games. They lost to the Minnesota Vikings two weeks ago, 22-17. They lost 31-17 against the Bengals and weren't even competitive in that game. They lost to the Browns, 19-17. Now they go to Jacksonville, who's playing good football this year. Jacksonville only has two losses. They've won five in a row. They can score points. Jacksonville is not a team that's necessarily going to run and hide from you, though, right? So I think that maybe this is a good game, and I could see it going either way. But I think it's close enough where I'll lean towards the home team and the team that I think is better, playing better football in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville's getting three points at home against the Niners. By the way, both teams had buys last week. And during that bye week, the 49ers went out and traded for Chase Young. So now they're going to be able to get after the passer a little bit more. I think the Niners um, you know, make this a competitive game. I think it's close, but I'm going to take the Jaguars plus three points. So Jags plus three, Browns plus six and a half, Patriots plus two. What do you think? All right, I like the Jaguars pick. The Niners are struggling. Purdy starting to show uh, some interception progression, if you will, or regression. Um, and the Jaguars' defense has been good, so I like that. Getting points at home. I've been in on the Browns really since before the season. I think. W- are you surprised the Jags are getting points? Um, I, the, the line kind of surprised me when I saw plus three. I thought it might be a pick'em or an even. Yeah, or, if you had, me, I was surprised the Jags are getting three points here. and The Niners are favored a little bit. I'm not stunned, but yeah, had you like if you had had me guess before looking at it, I might have guessed right. it was a pick'em. Um, yeah. Again, I like the Browns pick over the Ravens. I think Cleveland is getting average quarterback play out of Deshaun Watson. Like to me, they are the Jets right now. But the Jets have the worst quarterback play in the league, and the Browns are getting average quarterback play. Watson's looking competent. Um, I don't think he's returning to form, but he's doing better. So I think that's enough for the Browns to be competitive with Baltimore. Um, and they can lose gross I think games, six right? six and a half is a big spread for yeah, a division game like that's that. that's a big spread. And we know Baltimore can lose gross games. They lost to Pittsburgh, like 17-10, yeah, to 10, or right. whatever that was. Um, and then, sorry, what was the third one? The Germany game, Patriots. Right. Getting yes. two. You know, the... That game, I have no idea what to expect because the Colts, I get, the Panthers ruined it because they can't play offense. But maybe that's that's a good point here. The Colts had allowed 37 points or more in like four consecutive games before last mm-hmm. week. And can New England put up points like that? 
you know, it it might be a yeah a different type of game, game than the Colts are used to. It'll be who can who can drag you into their type of game. The Colts are playing these shootouts, and the Patriots are playing like want to play these low scoring games. So I don't mind taking the two points there. That gets your Sunday kicked off. 9.30 a.m. game again. Make sure you know that for fantasy football purposes, of course. You got a, uh, a far cry from last week's Germany game, Joe. Last week we had the oh. Chiefs and the Dolphins. Well. This week it's the Colts and the Patriots. Do we get more points than we got in uh, Chiefs and Dolphins? 35 is oh. the high score to beat. No, that's right. You probably do. That's right. Who would have thought that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're you know going into the year, if you're like, hey, there's two games in Germany. You got Dolphins, <laughs> Chiefs. Right, you got Patriots, Colts. Bet on which game will be higher scoring. Right, and you might you might pick the game with Minshew and Mac Jones playing. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, Joe has to step out. I'll come back here briefly, and then Sean McDermott joins me at about eleven forty, eleven forty-five ish before we get out of here on the Extra Point Show. He'll give us an injury update and who's going to practice today on a Buffalo Football Friday. Joe, have a great weekend, my man. We will talk again on Monday. Thanks, so. All right, Joe's out. I'm still back after this. Sean McDermott in about 15 minutes. No interception is a good interception, but there are some either better than others or worse than others. And so some of them are great plays by defense. And then there are other ones where that ball shouldn't have been thrown. And he's learning the difference and he knows which ones are not a good decision. There are other ones where it's, hey, you know, okay, that guy made a great play. And so that's life at the highest levels in professional sports um, because they're going to make some good plays once in a while. But as long as the decision is the right decision, you know, we're heading in the right direction. Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, he's going to join me in a little while. So we'll make this uh, segment brief, and we'll leave time for Sean McDermott to call it and join the show. He's talking about Josh Allen there. I thought I, I saw a stat today. Sal Capaccio here back here on. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Your point show. I saw a stat today. Josh Allen has thrown the most interceptions in whatever year. 69 of them, right? Make your jokes. But 69 interceptions are the most in the league. And, and a lot of the responses are, well, compare to this guy. And look at Peyton Manning. Look at Dan Marino. Well, as I always said, you can't do that. It was a different time period. 
guys just threw interceptions all the time back then. Like, look at Jim Kelly's stats. Look at Dan Marino's stats. Peyton Manning when he came in the league. Whatever. I mean, that, you can't do that. What I would like to say, though, is I don't kind of care. <laughs> yeah, of course. You don't want interceptions. I get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be consistent with what I've always said about Josh Allen. It's funny. I go on a lot of these radio shows across the country or other markets. You know, they're playing Denver this week, so somebody will call and bring me on or New York next week, go on Cincinnati last week. And, and especially national, but a lot of these places, they say, well, you know, Josh Allen, the interceptions, the interceptions, you know, it's the turnovers, and this is killing him. And I'm like, but listen, that's who he is, and you have to live with that if you want him to be special and great and get all the great stuff he does. And he still does. I'm not telling you every interception is great. I don't want that. Of course, the Jets game, he made horrible decisions, and he shouldn't be throwing the ball where he threw it. And you hear McDermott there talking about decision-making and how that plays into it. For sure. Like, that was a bad ball he threw and maybe bad decision against Cincinnati, right? You also have a few where, eh, whatever. I mean, you know, you're trying to make a play and, you know, I don't know, London, Jacksonville. He tried, hey, give Stefan Diggs a chance. I'm fine with that. Stefan Diggs maybe should have come down with it. Either way, it's a great play by the defender. I don't want to pick apart each one. What I do want to say is in the macro, the number of interceptions, I kind of don't really care too much as long as I'm still getting Josh Allen throwing touchdown passes and running, and we haven't had that as much. You know, I mean, it's the same thing we've said for years. I'm not going to stop now because he's got, oh my God, he's got the most interceptions in whatever years. Well, lots of guys don't have a lot of interceptions, and they're not winning football games for their team, or they're not doing, making plays to help their team win football games because they don't have that special talent to be able to do that. You know, this is the Brett Favre comparison all over again. We talked about it, and for many years, you know, early on in his career, I should say, we talk about how Josh has so much of Brett Favre in him. He's a gunslinger, and you know what? He's going to make some really bad decisions and bad throws, but you're also going to get some amazing plays. And I th- still think it's going to be like that, and it's always going to be like that. It's not going to be new, folks. Get used to it. Next year, you probably hear the same stat in another way. Josh Allen's interceptions and the next year. Now, do you want it? No. And McDermott's talking about it right there. You don't want turnovers. You don't want interceptions. If you, if you could go every single game without an interception, that'd be unbelievable. It'd be great. Um, and, and look, they, they can be too many at times. It's critical. They pile up. It depends on how it happens. But again, in the macro, I'm talking to the macro here, right? Not just dissecting each one and saying that hurt them. And this was a bad throw that can happen. But overall, the numbers of interceptions, not too concerned because he's also giving me touchdowns and he's giving me throws that other people just simply can't make. And he's getting out of sacks that other quarterbacks can't. So you have to live with that type of play and you have to live with those numbers sometimes if you're going to get it you know um i don't know it's the same thing like in baseball for a home run hitter a really good home run hitter sometimes you're going to live with strikeouts but you're going to get the home run in a critical situation or at a time when your team needs it maybe not my team the yankees that's what i thought Giancarlo stanton would be but he's just seems like he gets out every single critical at bat anyway that's a discussion for another time sean mcdermott is going to join me after this timeout we'll get an update on practice and who's going to be in today. We won't get the official injury designations for the game on Monday night. Those won't come out until tomorrow because it is a Monday night game. But McDermott joins me after this timeout here on WGR. Uh, brings me back. Brings me back to my days as a kid watching. The music will never get old for me. Love it. Sometimes... I'm I'm nostalgic like this, as a lot of a lot of you know. I'll go on YouTube and watch like old Monday Night Football opens and like just games. Like Shope watches full games. I usually can't do that. I don't do that. I'll watch some of some games, 
and just to remember and think back like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid. I do remember growing up and watching Monday Night Football when I was, you know, I don't know, pre-teenager. And I told my dad I, I wanted to stay up till halftime highlights. I had to watch Howard Cosell. Had to watch him doing the halftime highlights. He was great at it. Go YouTube some Howard Cosell halftime highlights today. You'll know what I mean. And then, oh, what else did I have to stay up and watch? Oh, yeah. The show Dallas, RJ, remember the show Dallas? I'd stay up and I'd say, I have to watch the beginning because it would show Texas Stadium. Anything with sports, like I had to have an excuse to stay up and watch. Oh, it shows the Cowboys Stadium. There's Texas Stadium. Okay, I can go to bed. Uh, not that I like the Cowboys. I just it had sports in it. There's a stadium. And yeah, watching Monday Night Football highlights, great. Howard Cosell doing them. Frank Gifford, Dandy Don. It's, it's definitely, it's changed a lot over the years, right? It's changed a lot over the years. And here we are again. Someone called earlier about the Bills Broncos Monday night game back in 1994. And that was that Bills weird red standing Buffalo white helmet. So it's the red helmet with the white standing Buffalo, not the white helmet with the red standing Buffalo. Yep. They wore that one time, the red helmet with the white standing Buffalo. I don't know. Didn't do it for me. Don't love it. Go look it up. Maybe you like it. Not for me. It's kind of a weird deal. They wore that in 94 in a Monday night game against the Broncos. They win that game. And here we are now, uh, 04, 14, 20, 29 years later. 29 years later. And um, Bills are taking on the Broncos. Both teams have, well, the Bills have kind of the same look, not like that night. But, um, you know, they're, well, actually, the Bills wore red helmets back then. So both teams with a different look. Broncos, they've changed over the years. I kind of like the old big, the D on the helmet with the Bronco coming out. This is a little more sleek now, how they have the Bronco now with the streaks, if you want to call it that. Um, but I like the old Broncos helmet they, they would wear. Monday Night Football, Bills, Broncos. Your Sunday gets kicked off, we said, in Germany. Colts, Patriots, and that's at 9.30. That game will go you know, to about 12.30. Then you can settle in and watch Browns, Ravens. I think that's, a, to me, that's... Actually, you know what? What's the best game here? Browns-Ravens is really good. Niners-Jags is really good. But, of course, there's an NFC team involved with that one. So you don't get the true, you know, AFC, what's going to happen here. Texans-Bengals. Update here, by the way. We just came over. T. Higgins not practicing again for the Bengals. Uh, looks like he had a, a hamstring injury that he was dealing with. So they may be without T. Higgins. Jamar Chase is practicing for the Bengals. Just reading that. Coming over from uh, Adam Schefter and others. Texans, C.J. Stroud. Boy, if the Texans win. And they can. They can go to they can go to Cincinnati and win, right? I mean, I think Cincinnati's the better team. But, you know, Cincinnati doesn't have T. Higgins. They have a band, banged up Jamar Chase. Look what C.J. Stroud was able to do. The Texans could be 5-4. and four. In fact, I'll say it this way. If the Texans beat the Bengals, the Texans pass the Bengals in the AFC standings. And then the Bills have to win to not avoid getting passed by them. Because the Bills are, you know, right now, obviously 5-4. and four, And, you know, a loss would go to 5-5. Five and five. You don't want that. Bills need to get to six and four. Need to get to seven and four. Two wins. But Texans at Bengals is a kind of a sneaky good game, I think, in the one o'clock window. Browns, Ravens, really good AFC North game. If the Browns drop one of the Ravens, they will be three games behind. I think that's too much to make up. They have to win this game. I think it'd be that's too much to make up for me, uh, especially considering the way the Ravens are playing. And what seems like a Browns more limited offense, even though they have a very good defense. Niners, Jags. Talked about that one a little bit. Boy, you know, if you're a Bills fan, you want the Niners to win that game, obviously. Um, you know, you get the Jags a 6-3. and three. Yeah, they'd still be ahead of the Bills. I think the Jags will probably finish. Jags have a look at the one seed here, right? They don't have a great schedule remaining. They don't have a great division. Not really tough schedule, I should say. But you could still lose games along the way. That would be one you'd want them to lose. You have the, um, 
Saints and Vikings. I, I guess I'm surprised to look at these two teams and say they're both five and four. It doesn't feel like they're both five and four, but they are. Saints, Vikings. We'll see what Josh Dobbs. I think Josh Dobbs is starting in that one um, for the Vikings. What a great story that was last week. Just basically comes off the, the plane, meets his team, and goes out there and has to win a game because the starter gets hurt. Saints Vikings should be an interesting game, both five and four right there. Packers Steelers. Steelers are unbelievably five and three. Unbelievable. And you know me, I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan. It's funny because people are kind of downing Mike Tomlin because how can they they're like I guess it it comes down to two ways to look at it. Are they are they winning despite Mike Tomlin? Are they winning kind of because of him? And I think that if you are as bad in all of the numbers and metrically and how you look with the eye test and you're still winning games, the coach has to have something to do with that. I think, you know, Mike Tomlin, here he goes. I always say it. He rolls out of bed and wins nine games a year. He's five and three right now. I don't think they're that good. They have like the worst numbers for a five and three team ever in the NFL. But here they are. And they play the Green Bay Packers and the Steelers should win the game because the Packers are not good. Packers are three and five and Jordan Love might not be the answer there after they invested so much to kind of have him sit on the bench and, you know, trade Aaron Rodgers. Titans at Buccaneers, two, three and five teams. This is still the one o'clock window. You know, I don't know. The Buccaneers, they looked really good a few weeks ago, starting to play better. Hasn't gone that well last two weeks. Obviously, one game in Buffalo. Uh, Titans, Will Levis, he looked pretty good so far. We'll see what what happens there. Falcons, Cardinals. Uh, go rake the leaves if you get a chance, if that one's your local game. That's at 4 o'clock, actually. Falcons at Cardinals. Cardinals in the mix for the number one pick. I actually do. I will say, I think the Falcons have really fought hard this year, and I, I, I give them a lot of credit and their coaching staff a lot of credit because they're not like getting blown out. You look at their losses by four, by three. They had a tough one against San Fran, uh, Cincinnati. Okay, well, I guess a couple scores here. Seattle, they lose by 10. Baltimore, they lose by seven. Like I think the Cardinals are just very undermanned. They're not very talented, but yet they're they're fighting, and they are one and eight. Falcons. No, Arthur Smith has been very disappointing as a head coach to me. Like I thought he would have a much better handle on this year's team, the way that they uh, the talent they have. They haven't been able to utilize that talent on offense. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. Lions at Chargers. Another game for AFC watchers. You want the Lions to win that game, give the Chargers another loss. But boy, that's a game. Couldn't you see that going either way? Would you be stunned if either team blew the other out in that game? Lions, Chargers? I wouldn't be. Giants, Cowboys. Giants are a 17.5 point underdog. Holy cow. But it deserves. They deserve it. Cowboys 5 and 3, Giants 2 and 7. Commanders at Seahawks at 425. So is that Giants Cowboys game. Jets Raiders is your Sunday night game. And then of course it's Bronx. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Those bills on Monday Night Football. And speaking of that, we're going to head out right now to the Western Hotline with Bills head coach Sean McDermott. You're listening to Buffalo Bills Football Friday on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. Now, here's Sal and Joe with Coach McDermott. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. By Kaleida Health, the official health care provider of the Buffalo Bills. By Duntire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. And by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown.
And Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, joins me right now on the Wester Hotline. Good morning, coach. It's just Sal. Uh, Joe not here this morning. Good to talk to you on a Friday. Good to talk to you also, Sal. Okay, Coach, let's start with injuries. Um, I know you can't give us uh, yet. You won't because you guys have a Monday night game. Uh, the injury designations for the game necessarily. But an update on guys, anybody who won't practice today. Obviously, you had some who were DMPs yesterday. I'll specifically ask uh, Benford, Floyd, Hyde, and Poyer from yesterday. Yeah, so Christian Benford, Hyde will not practice. Um, and... Uh, TB, Terrell Bernard, remains in the concussion protocol. And then uh, Floyd is back uh, from being sick yesterday. And Poyer will practice as well today. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. When you hear yesterday, Coach, um, you know, we heard in the media a players-only meeting called by Latavius Murray just on the offensive side. Um, you know, when, when you see that, you know, I guess – do you know about it when it happens? Are you aware of it when it happens? Kind of what's your reaction to seeing that and the players, you know, talking amongst each other about how to maybe go about things from here on out? Yes, uh, I was aware. Um, you know, Latavius and I spoke uh, earlier in the week. Uh, he's one of our leaders, and you know, just being here one year, sometimes you don't get maybe the captain's patch uh, voted on by you know your your teammates um, because they don't really know you to that extent yet, but. I would say, uh, you know, he's a he's a great leader, and his influence uh, is needed and, and and very much welcomed. And I would also say, you know, just from being around sports, sometimes it's got to come from someone else, maybe not the person that you always hear it from. Can that voice, that different voice, sometimes matter as well? Where when you have a meeting like that, if it's not called by a person with a C, maybe it even means a little bit more that someone else who's been around and knows and what's going on and how we respect it. That sometimes people have to hear a different voice sometimes. Well, it's good. I mean, you know, he's been in the league a yeah. long time. And, um, you know, when we spoke the other day, he brought up what I thought were very good um, talking points. And uh, and so, you know, that 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 player driven leadership is critical uh, on uh, on good teams. All right, let's go from a veteran in Latavius Murray to um, a rookie in Dalton Kincaid. I mean, through eight games already, I don't know if you realize, he's actually broken the Bills' uh, rookie tight end reception record. Uh, it wasn't a huge bar, 36 catches. He has 40 on the year now, but he's really come on the last three weeks. What have you seen from Dalton in his growth, both as a pass catcher and a run blocker? Very, uh, very impressed. Um, you know, You know, coming out of college, maybe the narrative was, a little bit more of a pass catcher, a little bit more of a one-dimensional player. Um, but when it's come to the run game and, and him blocking, um, he has not shied away whatsoever. And I think that just speaks volumes about who he is and, and how important um, you know his job is to him. On the other side of the ball, last week, you unfortunately do lose Terrell Bernard uh, to the concussion. The second half, so you have to move Tyrell Dotson over to Mike. Dorian Williams comes in at will linebacker the team they, they hold you guys hold the Bengals to just three points in the second half but that pairing how do you how do you think that they fit together and how well they played together that was impressive I mean you know really with the amount of guys that we had going down that um, we had quite a few backups coming in and and uh, just the effort the mindset they were playing hard and to hold what I would say is a very good offense to to three points in the second half I thought was was, uh, you know, we can win with that. And, and so uh, I just think that same mindset has to continue. And, and um, you know, we'll see what we have available to us this week. We have um, some of those guys still out at this point. And, um, but much will, much will be expected uh, going forward. And, and the standard doesn't change.
Let's uh, turn our attention to your opponent this week, Coach, the Denver Broncos. Um, I think it's kind of gone unnoticed the nice year Russell Wilson has had, a little bit of a bounce-back year statistically. What do you see from Russ on tape when you watch him? Right. Um, you know, all last season, you know, you hear the media buzz of this and that, and um, but when you turn the film on and, and you watch him this year, um, you're seeing a, a quarterback that is uh, is just as youthful-looking uh, with his mobility he understands the offense. They've got weapons, big-time weapons on the perimeter of their offense with Judy and, and Sutton. And then you add some uh, speed element with, with Mims. Um, you know, they're a big-time threat. And um, this is a team that, that came out and, and, beat, uh, and beat Kansas City. So this is, a, this is a good football team that's coming into their own. And, you know, they've scored points, I think, you know, quite a bit of the year. And, and then it's what's really been what really got him I think early in the year was the was the defensive side and you know giving up say 70 to, to Miami and I think they've settled in a little bit and and changed them some things and with that I think they're performing um performing better on that side of the ball yeah three straight games of allowing less than 20 points and two of those were against the Kansas City Chiefs and I know how much you respect coach Payton and that that's got to be a testament to him and his staff of course the players as well to kind of be able to turn the tide I mean you know the, it takes maybe a little while for the message or the scheme or whatever it is but I just maybe a word from you on Sean Payton and the job that he's done to kind of get them back to this point right that's the the value of a of a head coach right I mean what you're seeing is a coach comes in and I would say the same on the defensive side with, with uh, mm-hmm. Vance Joseph. He comes in, and, and sometimes, you know, you can change some things, and then sometimes change isn't, isn't what's best for the players that you have. And I think that's what's happened a little bit on the defensive side where they try to do some things maybe that Vance was more accustomed to, and then they're going back a little bit more to, to using their personnel and more of a Vic Fangio-type approach over the last couple of games. And that's where, obviously where they were before – uh, the change two years ago with Coach Fangio, and and then offensively, um, you know, collectively they're no, doing a good job of um, with those weapons of getting those guys uh, behind the DBs in, in terms of the shots they take and, and using their personnel, and um, you know they're a they're a tough uh, tough team because of it. All right, Coach, last thing, another primetime game here at home in front of the home crowd. Um, obviously, they had an impact against both the Buccaneers and the Giants at certain points of the game. How important is it uh, to have that home field, have that home crowd here in a Monday night game to end the week on Monday Night Football? Yeah, that's huge. Uh, we're undefeated at home this season. That was one of our goals is to, de- to defend our dirt here at home, and, and that's a big, big deal here, right, playing in western New York, playing mm-hmm. uh, on Monday night in this case, and uh, it'll be good to be back in front of our fans here. I know you have practice. You have another media session to do. So thanks a lot for your time as well. And as usual here on the uh, Friday, Coach, have a great weekend. Uh, You too. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. Okay, you got it. That is head coach Sean McDermott. He's going to meet with the rest of the Buffalo media right now. In the meantime, we're going to head out to Sabres Live. Sabres tonight take on the Minnesota Wild down at the arena. 6 p.m. pregame puck drops at 7 p.m. here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.